Chapter Twenty Nine of Darnley by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Nine. Come with words as medicinal as true, honest as either. Shakespeare. Now there are many people who would here leave their reader in suspense, and darting off to some other part of the tale would not give the most remote hint of Lady Constance's fate till they had drawled through two or three long chapters about a frog and a roasted apple or any other thing if possible still more irrelevant but far be such disingenuous dealings from me whose sole aim intent and object is to give my reader pleasure and by now and then detailing some little accident or adventure to keep him just enough awake to prevent the volume falling out of his hand into the fire to win sometimes a smile and sometimes a sigh, without aspiring either to laughter or tears, tickling his soul, as it were, with the point of a feather, so as neither to rouse nor to lull, and to leave him in such a state that when he lays down the book he knows not whether he has been reading or dreaming. Such are the luxurious aspirations of von de Bruggius, who is recorded to have himself written more than one volume in his sleep, and to have even carried them to the printer in a state of somnambulancy after this without more ado he proceeds to relate that the worthy dr wilbraham finding somebody take him by the arm turned round in a state of vexation and worry if i may use the word which overcame the natural gentleness of his disposition and made him demand rather sharply what the stranger wanted with him why doctor replied the man you must come instantly to my lord cardinal who has been struck with the pestilent air in returning from richmond and desires to consult with you on the means of preventing its bad effects pshaw cried the good chaplain pettishly i'm not dr butts how could you frighten me so we come to see the doctor ourselves stand out of the way then if you are not him cried the man changing his tone and rudely pushing between the clergyman and lady constance the cardinal must be served first before such as you at least and knocking loudly against the door he soon brought forth a page who informed him that the physician was at the house of old sir guy willoughby farther down in the same street on this news the messenger immediately set off again leaving dr wilbraham to discuss what matters he liked with the page now that his own insolent haste was satisfied the servants instantly recognised their master's uncle and permitted him with his fair companions to enter and take possession of his book-room while awaiting his return and the rosy maid whom sir osborne had found scrubbing crucibles now bustled about with good-humoured activity to make the lady comfortable long seemed the minutes however to the mind of poor constance till the physician's return her path was now entirely amidst uncertainties and at each step she knew not whether it would lead her to safety or destruction such a proceeding as that in which she was engaged does not strike one when calmly related as full of half the anxiety and alarm that really accompanied it let it be remembered that not only her fortune but her liberty for life and the whole happiness of her existence were involved and it may be then conceived that with trembling fear she awaited each incident that might tend to forward her escape or to betray her flight though it seemed to her an age dr butts was not really long in returning 
but no language can depict the astonishment of his countenance when he beheld lady constance with his uncle odds life cried he what is this lady are you ill or well or wise uncle are you mad or drunk or foolish the good clergyman informed him that he was in none of the predicaments to which he alluded and then proceeded to relate the circumstances and motives which had induced them to resolve upon leaving the court of england and flying to france to claim the protection of the french king who was in fact the lady's sovereign as far as regarded her maternal estates it's a bad business cried dr butts who still stood in the middle of the floor rubbing his chin and not yet recovered from his surprise it's a bad business i always thought it would be a bad business nay nay lady do not weep continued the kind-hearted mediciner seeing the tears that began to roll silently over constance's cheek it is not so bad as that wolsey will doubtless claim you at the hands of the french king but francis is not a man to give you up however take my advice retire quietly to one of your chateaus and live like a nun till such time as this great friendship between the two courts is past it will not last long he added with a sententious shake of the head it will not last long but nevertheless you keep yourself in france as secretly as may be while it does last but how to get to france is the question said dr wilbraham we shall do well enough when we are there i doubt not it is how to get to france that we must think of oh we will manage that replied dr butts we will manage that though indeed these are not things that i like to meddle with but nevertheless i suppose i must in this case nay nay my dear lady do not grieve slife you are a soldier's daughter and afraid nay cheer up cheer up it shall go right i warrant the doctor seated himself and observing that constance looked pale and cold he insisted on her swallowing a venice glass of mulled sack and going to bed as to the sack he said he would insure it for the best in europe and in regard to the beds in his house he could only say that he had once entertained the four most famous alchemists of the world and they were not men to sleep on hard beds taste the sack lady taste the sack he continued believe me it is the best medicine in the pharmacy and certainly the only one i ever take myself then while you go and court your pillow i will devise some scheme with this good uncle of mine to help you over to the frenchman's shore the physician's rosy maid was now called and conducted lady constance and mistress margaret to a handsome bedchamber where we shall leave them for the present and without prying into dr butts's household furniture return to the consultation that was going on below well uncle said the physician as soon as lady constance had left them you have shown your wisdom truly in running away with an heiress for another man on my life you have beaten the man who was hanged for his friend saying that he would do as much for him another time why do you know you can never show your face in england again my good nephew replied dr wilbraham quietly for all your fine words if you had been in my situation you would have done just as i have done i know you charles not i faith cried dr butts i would not have budged a foot what when you saw her cast upon the world friendless and helpless cried the old man with nobody to advise her with nobody to aid her with nobody to console her 
so sweet a girl too such an angel in heart in mind in disposition all desolate and alone in this wild rough world fie charles fie you would have gone with her perhaps i might perhaps i might replied the physician however let us now think of the best means of serving her what can be done as usual in such cases fifty plans were propounded which on examination were found to be unfeasible i have it cried dr butts at last after discarding an infinite variety there was a nun's litter came up yesterday to the inn hard by it will hold three but you shall set off to-morrow by daybreak as nuns but how cried dr wilbraham with horror and astonishment depicted in his face you don't mean me to go as a nun faith but i do replied the physician it would be fully as bad for you to be discovered as for lady constance now there is no dress in the world that i know of but a nun's that will cover your face and hide your beard oh you shall be a nun by all means i will get the three dresses this very night from a frippery in pool street i will knock them up and you shall be well shaved to-morrow morning and will make as fine an old sister monica as the best of them dr wilbraham still held out stoutly declaring that he would not so disguise himself and disgrace his cloth on any account or consideration nor was it till the physician showed him plainly that by this means alone lady constance's safety could be ensured that he would at all hear of the travesty thus proposed where then do you intend us to go asked dr wilbraham almost crying with vexation at the bare idea of being so metamorphosed i cannot and i will not remain long in such a dress why you must go down to sandwich answered the physician there is a religious house there under a sub-prioress about a mile out of the town looking out over the sea i know the dame and a little money will do much with her nay look not shocked good uncle i mean not to say that she is wicked and would endanger her soul's repose for mammon but she is one of those that look leniently on small faults and would not choke at such an innocent sin as helping you out of the cardinal's power the time is lucky too for the cold wind last night has given his haughty lord cardinalship a flow of humours to the head and he is as frightened about himself as a hen before a dray-horse so that perhaps he may not think of sending to richmond as soon as he proposed but charles said dr wilbraham whose abhorrence of the nun's dress was not to be vanquished and who would have been right glad to escape the infliction on any excuse will not your servants who have seen us come in one dress think it very strange when they see us go away in another and may they not betray us pshaw cried dr butts they see a thousand odder things every day in a physician's house do you think i let my servants babble no no they know well that they must have neither eyes ears nor understanding for anything that passes within these doors if i were to find that they even did so much as to recollect a person they had once seen with me they should troop but stay go you to bed and rest i will away for these dresses and bespeak the litter for to-morrow at five at sandwich you are sure to find a bark for blowing the next morning dr wilbraham was awakened before it was light by the physician entering his room with a candle in his hand and followed by a barber who taking the good priest by the nose 
shaved him most expeditiously before he was out of bed having been informed by dr butts that the person under his hands was a poor insane patient who would not submit to any very tedious tonsorial operation when this was done much to the surprise of the chaplain who was in truth scarcely awake the barber was sent away and the physician produced the long black dress of a benedictine nun into which after much entreaty he persuaded dr wilbraham to get not however without the rest of his clothes for no argument would induce him to put on the woman's dress without the man's under it first then he was clothed with his ordinary black vest and silk hose above which came a full and seemly cassock and then as a superstructure was placed at the top of all the long black robes of the nun which swelled his bulk out to no inconsiderable size this however was not a disadvantage for being tall and thin he had great need for some superstitious contour to make his height seem less enormous when conjoined with his female habiliments upon the whole with the rope tied round his middle and the coif and veil he made a very respectable nun though there was in the whole figure a certain long-backed rigidity of carriage and straggling wideness of step that smacked infinitely of the masculine gender when all was completed the physician led his transformed uncle down to a little hall to which lady constance and mistress margaret had already found their way habited in similar garments to those which dr butts had furnished for the chaplain in point of beauty constance had never perhaps looked better than now when her small exquisite features and clear delicate complexion slightly shaded by the nun's cap had acquired an additional degree of softness which harmonized well with the pensive melancholy expression that circumstances had communicated to her countenance however she was perhaps even more sad and agitated than the night before when haste had in some degree superseded thought she had now passed a nearly sleepless night during the long hours of which a thousand fears and anxieties had visited her pillow and on rising the necessity of quitting her customary dress and assuming a disguise impressed more strongly than ever upon her mind the dangers of her situation the only person that seemed fully in her element was mistress margaret who though with the exception of a little selfishness a most excellent being could not be expected to have fulfilled for several years the high functions of lady's maid without having acquired some of the spirit of the office god knows in lady constance's service she had possessed small opportunity of exercising in any way her talents for even the little intrigue dante chambre and though in the case of sir osborne she had done her best to show her tact by retiring a propos the present was the first occasion on which she could enjoy a real bustling energetic adventure and to do her justice she enacted the nun to the life with a vastly consequential air she hurried about till the rustling of her black serge and the rattling of her wooden cross and rosary were quite edifying and finding herself by dress at least on an equality with her mistress she took the bridle off her tongue and let it run its own course which it did not fail to do with great vigour and activity on the entrance of dr wilbraham with his face clad in rueful solemnity and his long strides at every step spreading out the petticoats with which his legs were environed like the parachute of a balloon when it begins to descend mistress margaret laughed outright 
and even lady constance while reproving her for her ill-placed gaiety could hardly forbear a smile my dear dr wilbraham said constance seeing the chagrin that sat upon his countenance for how much how very much have i to thank you and believe me i feel deeply all the regard you must have for me to induce you to assume a disguise that must be so disagreeable to you well said dr butts you are a sweet creature and to my mind it would not be difficult to make a man do anything to serve you however sit you down lady here is something to break your fast and as it must serve for dinner and supper too i will have you eat whether you are hungry or not for there must be as little stopping on the road as possible and no chattering mistress margaret mind you that mistress margaret vowed that she was silence itself and the meal which the good doctor's foresight had taken care to provide for them being ended he led them forth by a different door from that which had given them entrance not choosing to trust even the servants of whose discretion he had boasted the night before day had now dawned and in the courtyard of the inn they found a large litter or sort of long box swung between two horses one before and the other behind and accompanied by a driver on horseback who smacking his whip seemed tired of waiting for them come get in get in cried he i have been waiting half an hour there's room enough for you sure he proceeded seeing some little difficulty occur in placing the travellers why i brought four just like you up from gloucester in it three days ago here come over to this side mother longshanks this address to dr wilbraham had again very near overset miss margaret's gravity but at length all being placed in spite of the chaplain's long legs which were rather difficult to pack the travellers took leave of the physician and commenced their journey to the sea-coast all passed on tranquilly enough through the forenoon and at a little watering-house where they stopped on the road they were enabled quietly to rehearse their parts as sister wilbraham sister margaret and sister grey the good clergyman declared that his part should be to keep down his veil and hold his tongue and mistress margaret willingly undertook to be the talker for the whole party while constance not yet at all assured of safety listened for every sound with a beating heart and trembled at every suspicious look that she beheld or fancied that she beheld in the people around her as soon as the horses were sufficiently refreshed they again began their journey and had proceeded some way when the galloping of a horse made itself heard behind them and through the opening of the curtains they could perceive a sergeant-at-arms with full cognizance and accompanied by two followers pass by the side of their vehicle in a moment after he stopped on overtaking their driver who was a little in advance and seemed to question him in a hasty tone three nuns cried he at length i must see that constance almost fainting drew back in the corner of the litter while dr wilbraham shrunk himself up to the smallest space possible and in fact mistress margaret was the only one who preserved her presence of mind if it were the lord cardinal himself whispered she to her lady he would never know you my lady in that dress in the meantime the sergeant-at-arms rode up and drew back the curtain of the litter your pardon ladies said he giving a look round which seemed quite satisfactory i ask your pardon but as i am sent in pursuit of some runaways i was obliged to look in here the matter would have terminated 
had not mistress margaret desirous of showing off a total want of fear replied quite welcome fair sir quite welcome we are travelling the same road the officer replied and this brought on a long allegory on the part of mistress margaret who told him that they were nuns of richborough who had been to london for medical advice for poor sister mary there in the corner pointing to dr wilbraham who was troubled with the falling sickness the sergeant-at-arms recommended woodlice drowned in vinegar as a sovereign cure which the pretended nun informed him they had tried and though it must be owned that the abigail played her part admirably well yet nevertheless she contrived to keep her lady and the chaplain in mortal fear for half an hour longer than was necessary at length however the officer taking his leave rode away and then descended upon the head of mistress margaret the whole weight of good dr wilbraham's indignation not for many years had he preached such an eloquent sermon upon the duty of adhering strictly to the truth as on the present occasion and he pointed out clearly to the waiting-woman that she had told at least two-and-thirty lies more than the circumstances required mistress margaret however was obstinate in her error and would not see the distinction declaring angrily that she would either tell no lies at all and let it be known who they were or she would tell as many as she thought proper margaret said lady constance in a calm reproachful tone that had more effect than a more violent reproof you forget yourself the abigail was silent but nevertheless she determined in her own mind to give the good doctor more truth than he might like on the very first occasion and such an opportunity was not long in occurring with the usual hankering which drivers and postilions always have for bad inns the master of the litter did not fail to stop for the night at one of the smallest meanest and most uncomfortable little alehouses on the road and on getting out of the vehicle the three nuns were all shown into one room containing two beds one large and one small one it may easily be supposed that such an arrangement did not very well suit the circumstances of the case and constance looked at dr wilbraham and dr wilbraham at constance in some embarrassment on inquiring whether they could not have another room they were informed that there was indeed such a thing in the house but that it was always reserved for guests of quality the hostess was surprised at nuns giving themselves such airs the room they had would do very well for three people and in short that they should have no other during all this time mistress margaret remained obstinately silent but at length seeing the distress of her mistress she brought up her forces to the charge and turned the tide of battle attacking the hostess full tilt she declared that there should be another room found directly informing her that the young lady was not a simple nun but noble and rich and just named prioress of the lord knows where that sister mary i e dr wilbraham was badly troubled with a night cough which would keep the prioress awake at night and in short that sister mary must and should have a room to herself for which however they would willingly pay this latter hint overcame the hostess's objections and the matter being thus settled they were allowed to repose in peace for the night fatigue anxiety and want of sleep had now completely exhausted constance and weariness acting the part of peace closed her eyes in happy forgetfulness till the next morning when they again set out for sandwich 
without any new adventure they arrived at that town and after passing through it quickly perceived the convent rising on a slight elevation to the left as soon as this was in sight so that he could not miss his way dr wilbraham got out of the litter for the purpose of pulling off his nun's dress under some hedge in order that by following a little later than themselves he might appear at the gate of the nunnery in his true character without the change being remarked by the driver of the litter to whom he said on descending that he would follow on foot after this constance and mistress margaret proceeded alone and in a few minutes reached the convent where presenting dr butts's letter to the prioress they were received with all kindness and attention and found themselves comparatively free from danger dr wilbraham was not long in arriving restored to his proper costume and being admitted to the parlour entered into an immediate consultation with the superior and constance as to the best means of concluding their flight as happily as it had commenced End of chapter twenty nine